Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to another episode of the Kings of the South podcast and NFC South podcast. I am your host, Corey Vereen. Uh, my better half, uh, TJ, is a little bit under the weather now, so I'm riding dolo tonight. Uh, I will say uh, we're recording this on Monday, so uh, happy Memorial Day. Uh, I'd like to thank the, everyone, uh, family, friends of their loved ones who passed away, uh, giving their lives so that I can do something silly like record a podcast. Thank you for giving us the freedom and protecting our freedom and our liberty and our way of life. Uh, you gave the ultimate sacrifice, and I cannot express my gratitude. Uh, so thank you. Um, so uh, yeah, let's get into it. Uh, so as I previously stated, I'm Ryan Dolo tonight. So I figured this would be a quick little episode. Um, I, I feel like uh, we can touch on uh, a little seasonal review, uh, just a recap of the preseason and uh, uh, the outlook for this year. Um, and we're going to start with the reigning, defending Kings of the South. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, man. Uh, so, uh, unless you've been living under a rock and you don't watch football, uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, were the class of the NFC South, uh, which isn't saying much <laughs> given um, how awful the <laughs> division was uh, last year. Uh, they managed to win the division with a measly eight wins. They went eight and nine. Uh, they swept Atlanta. Uh, I believe they split the, with the other two teams. Um, I don't know how you can win a division with eight games, but uh, they found a way. Um, so uh, after the season was over with, uh, they went, like I said, they went eight and nine, uh, won the South, lost in the wild card round to the Dallas Cowboys, 31 uh, 14. Uh, to say that Tampa Bay was in a state of flux and kind of still is, is a bit of an understatement. Uh, our, the greatest quarterback of all time left the team. He retired. Tom Brady, of course, you know, this man. Uh, <laughs> uh, I had to, I had to give a little shout at Tom Brady. Uh, he, he won enough, man. He, he won enough. He, he, he got thick skin. He can handle this. Um, yeah. Tom Brady retired. Um, which leaves a big void at the quarterback position. Um, we'll get into possible replacements. Um, so uh, Tom Brady retires. They fire offensive coordinator Byron Lift, which uh, might have been a lame duck firing. I don't feel like all of that is on him. But then again, I'm not getting paid the big bucks. So, I mean, somebody, somebody got a. Uh, Somebody got to hold the mail, man. So um, the offense didn't perform as well as they did under Bruce Arians. Uh, they, there was a notable drop-off um, all around. Uh, now, I will say injuries played a big part of that, both on offense and defense, but uh, we're, we're not going to get into that. So uh, Ty Bowles, still main head coach, uh, despite uh, some fans <laughs> – Best efforts, uh, start petitions and whatnot, and wanting to see him go, wanting to see them start fresh under a 
a young offensive mind who can uh, mold the offense to, you know, one of these high-powered offenses that is becoming a bit of a trend in the NFL these days. Um, that didn't happen, so Tybo still in charge. Uh, he did bring in uh, Dave Canales. Uh, he is the offensive coordinator. Uh, he came over from uh, Seattle after spending 13 years on Pete Carroll's staff. And uh, it's a little too early for me to give an opinion on that. Uh, uh, he's a young, he's younger. Uh, anyone who comes from under, you know, Pete Carroll uh, has the philosophy of we're going to run the ball. We're going to go play action. We're going to put our players in position of strengths. We're going to get our players out in space. And that's what I expect. I expect uh, Rashad White to have a good year this year. Bar an injury, of course. Um, so yeah, uh, so let's get into some of the uh notable uh additions to this roster. Uh, let's see, uh, first foremost, uh, Chase Edmonds, they brought him in after that weird uh, <laughs> you know, half half of the year with Miami, half of the year with Denver. Uh, it, it's, it's so weird. Uh, <laughs> They brought in Matt. I don't know how to pronounce your name, buddy, but I'm going to give it a call, the old college try. Matt Feiler, Feeler from uh, the LA Chargers, uh, office of lineman, uh, solid depth. Uh, I believe he has some starting experience on the office of line. Uh, hopefully, it don't come down to that. Uh, but then again, uh, there will be jobs up for grabs uh, this year on the office of line. Um, so, yeah. Uh, also, uh, they brought in uh, Greg Gaines from uh, the Los Angeles Rams, which coincidentally I did not know until I started doing my prep work for the show. He is the former college teammate of Juan Vitavea, University of Washington. Who knew? I didn't know. Sorry, guys. I, I, I had no clue. But I think that's an interesting, cool little tidbit. Uh, they also brought in uh, the 2023 uh, Comeback Player of the Year, uh, Baker I'm feeling dangerous, Mayfield, um, who uh, we'll get into it. I, I project that he's going to be the starter, uh, but we'll, 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 we'll talk about that more later in the show. Uh, they also signed uh, Chase McLaughlin, kicker from the Indianapolis Colts. They brought in a uh, wide receiver, David Moore from Seattle. They also brought in who I would say probably their biggest sneaky uh, best signing this offseason. Safety Ryan Neal from Seattle. If you don't know who Ryan Neal is, when Jamal Adams went down last year in Seattle, Ryan Neal stepped up and had uh he had a career year. Um he was all over the field. He was a difference maker on that defense. Uh he brought attitude, he brought fire, and the team responded and they they rallied around that. Uh so much so, uh, Ryan Neal had such a good year that he earned 14 All-Pro votes. 14, folks. It's not like one, not like a sneaky, like, oh, hey, let's vote for uh, the written too damn high guy. Like, right in, right in Kanye West on the ballot. No, one vote. No, this is 14 votes. That's something. That's something. Uh, they also uh, brought in John Warford, man, from uh, the Rams. Uh I don't have much about that. He got a job. Shout out to him. Um, 
So um, they also managed to re-sign uh, Levante David on a one-year deal. They managed to retain Jamal Dean, Dee Delaney, Cam Gill, Nick Leverett, Anthony Nelson, Patrick O'Connor, Falcons legend Deidre Sanat, and Eric Stenny, offensive lineman. Uh, now, the, of course, the notable names there are Jamal, Jamel Dean and, and, and uh, Levante David. They play a big part of that defense. Uh, Jamel Dean is, I think he's their only returning cornerback because they lost Sean Murphy Bunning. Um, who's the other corner? Um, I can't, I can't remember. I think he's good too. I, brain fart, folks. Um, Let's, I guess let's focus on the task at hand. Uh, Levante Davis, the captain of that defense. Uh, he, some will argue he's the best linebacker. I am some. He is their best linebacker. No shade to uh, Devin White, but he did not play up to his first-round billing. Uh, he did not play up to his uh, potential. He did not play up to what he has shown thus far. I don't know if he was playing injured. He was playing in a different scheme. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. If they was asking him to shoulder more responsibility, but for but for whatever reason, he did not play as well as we know he is able to play at. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, also for the first time in four years, the Tampa Bay Bucks managed to uh, not place the franchise tag on anyone. Um, which is surprising. This is a franchise that in the past uh, three years placed a franchise tag on Shaq Barrett. In the last two years, they placed it on Chris Godwin. Now they managed to get them locked up with long-term deals, but this is a, t- this is a team that is not afraid to slap that franchise tag on somebody. Uh, so the fact that they got, they were able to retain their players and, and do so without putting the tag on somebody and, and, allocating a, a big hefty portion of money in the guarantee contract because if you don't know if you slap the franchise tag on someone that that franchise tag is fully guaranteed so they managed to do uh, to keep from doing that so kudos to uh ryan lick lit i don't know how to, light he got a super bowl uh i'm gonna just call you ryan i don't know how to pronounce your last name i think it's light i think it's light Shout out to him for being able to uh, keep his players at a affordable rate, um, which brings us to some of the players that he were not able to retain. Um, this is a uh, player's loss uh, via, you know, being released, being traded, uh, losing them in free agency or retired. And uh, at the top of the list, as I previously stated, one Thomas, Edward Patrick Brady. Uh, when it, I don't want to, I, I know he didn't play up to his potential last year, but he wasn't a scrub last year, folks. Okay. I know, you know, you want to say, oh, Zah Brady, he wasn't that good. Anytime you lose the greatest quarterback of all time, regardless of age, I don't care if he's 45, 46, 47, 48, don't care. He's still Tom Brady. He still were was in the top 10 in quarterback passing yards last year and attempts and completions, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Um, whenever you lose that and you go from that to Kyle Trask, Baker Mayfield, it's going to be an issue. 
So that's a huge loss. Uh, they also cut uh, tight end Cameron Braid, who I didn't know. He is uh, number two on their uh, all-time uh, receiving list for tight end. I did not know this. Uh, now, if you want to say, hey, I don't remember Cameron Braid producing that much, you'd probably be right. Uh, Tampa Bay don't do not have a rich tight end history. I know they thought they were going to get that when they drafted OJ Howard a couple years back. Uh, that didn't pan out. Um, uh, hopefully, uh, the guy we talk about in a second can uh, he can be the change to that. Um, but uh, they they also lost uh, safety Mike Edwards, who I think that's a big loss. Um, they lost Mike Edwards. He uh, signed with the Chiefs. They cut playoff Lenny, man. Leonard Fournette. They cut him. Um, it's a shame. I thought he fit well with that offense. I thought he is more versatile than what they uh asked of him. Uh they're primarily using him last year as, you know, run the gut, you know, third down, the stolen screen pass. I'm like, he you can put Lenny out wide in the slot. He's not an effective slot, but he can play, he he's serviceable. Uh, he can catch passes out the backfield. He showed that during that Super Bowl run a couple of years back. Um, I still think he has a lot left in the tank. And by a lot, I mean maybe two, three years of peak Lenny, and he'll fall off a cliff and uh, he'll be in the uh, Latavius Murray category, which is still a serviceable NFL running back. Um, I, the fact that he's not signed right now is kind of – uh, it's a bit jarring to me, but uh, I'm sure he's probably picking his spot because uh, a lot of these veterans, they don't want to go to training camp and do all that hard work and go through that wear and tear on the body and uh, be wore down and injured prior to the season start. So you probably see Leonard Fournette um, signing with a team. He could resign also, but uh, signing with a team and uh, towards uh, the start of the season. Uh, they also lost uh, former <laughs> uh, Jacksonville Jaguar uh, fan favorite Blaine Gabbard. <laughs> uh, they they traded uh, Shaq Mason to Houston. Uh, they lost uh, Scotty Miller, uh, wide receiver, to my Atlanta Falcons. Thanks for that. Uh, they lost cornerback uh, Sean Murphy Bunting, as we previously stated. Uh, he went to Tennessee. Uh, they lost Keanu Neal, Falcons legend, to uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, Raheem Nunez uh, Roaches, he signed with the New York Giants. Uh, Donovan Smith, who they cut. And he managed to get another job in Kansas City, possibly started, which is mind-boggling. Uh, he led the league in holding. I don't know if you guys – are familiar with his game. Uh, I hope you are because you're, you know, subscribed to the Kings of the South podcast, which means you're a fan of one of the teams in the South. And if it's not your team, you should probably know your enemies, right? That's the way I look at it. Um, but, yeah, he signed with Kansas City. Um, good luck, Patrick. Uh, uh, they also cut uh, franchise legend Ryan Suckup, who in the 2020 on the Super Bowl run, he was perfect from both – uh, uh, the field goal range and also extra points. Uh, I don't kind of get that, but I guess you know, 
They don't pay me the big bucks. I'm not a general manager. I'm not a uh, player personnel scout, so I I don't know. I'm just a guy with a podcast. Um, and uh, they also uh, managed to lose Josh Wells to the Jacksonville Jaguars. So that's that's quite a notable list of players lost. But uh, every year there comes a opportunity to restock the covers, and that's something Ryan Light has uh, mentioned. He said, we're not rebuilding, we're not retooling, we're just restocking. Um, and that restock comes in the form of the 2023 NFL draft. Uh, and I know a lot of people are down on the Bucks draft. They didn't have the best draft. But I, the more I look at it, the more I like it. Um, they're they're restocking their players at a, you know at areas and needs, um, mainly attacking that pass rush, man. Because it was once Shaq Barrett went down, it was non-existent. So um, first round pick nineteen, they took defensive lineman Kalaja Kansi out of Pittsburgh. Uh, you know six one two eighty five, pass rush specialist. Uh, do not ask him to stop the run, although he's capable of doing it. But just don't ask him to make a living doing that. Um, he's probably has the quickest get off of any defensive tackle in the draft, uh, including, you know, uh, I'm not going to mention his name. I, I've done enough the past couple podcasts. Um, Jalen Carter. Um, <laughs> second round, uh, they picked. Uh, Pick 48, they took Cody Mock, uh, office alignment out of North Dakota State. He is going to be a guard. I don't want to hear anything about tackle. He's going to be a guard. Uh, third round, someone who can see some playing time significantly because uh, the lack of the lack of development to uh, Joe Tryon uh, Finoka, I think that's his name. Uh, lack of uh, production and lack of uh, development with him, uh, who I believe they picked in the uh, what was he a second round? No, he was a first round pick. Damn, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, Yaya Diaby, outside linebacker from Louisville. He got juice. He should provide him immediate juice on the edge of this aging defense. Uh, they also took uh, Kalaji Kansas' teammate uh, in round five, pick 153, inside linebackers, Servachia Dennis, Pittsburgh. I hope I pronounced that right. Y'all got some names on y'all. I sound like Webby. Shalamamain. Yeah, Dennis out of Pittsburgh, speedy linebacker, not afraid to fill the gap, stop it and run. Um, he should see some playing time immediately. I know Ty Bowles is really excited about landing him, so uh, they expect big things for him. Could be a possible Levante David replacement. Also, could be a Devin White replacement. I don't know. We don't know what Devin White is on these days. We don't know. Um, he he was asking for a trade, asking for a new contract in the range of what uh uh. Tremaine Edmonds was making, which uh, I kind of laugh because he's not getting that. Um, but if who knows? I say that, but who knows? He can have a big year and uh, warrant that type of contract from somebody. 
uh, you know, Oakland always need. Oh, I'm sorry, not Oakland. Las Vegas always need linebackers. So who knows? Uh, in the with their second fifth round pick, they took tight end Payne Durham uh, out of Purdue, big inline blocker, tight locking tight end who I think can I think has a little extra in his bag. I think he has every opportunity to uh, get on the field early in his career. Uh, they have tight end Kate Otten, but uh, as my co-host TJ said, uh, he didn't really show much. So uh, the opportunities are there. You just have to capitalize on it. Uh, round six, pick 181. They took Josh Haynes, uh, defensive back from Kansas State. Don't know too much about him, so I'm going to keep going. Uh, round six, pick 191. They took Trey Palmer, wide receiver in Nebraska. If you don't know who Trey Palmer is, just watch. He has the opportunity. Well, I won't say that. I don't know. On any other team as a six-round pick, he would have an opportunity to get on the field. But because he went to probably the deepest wide receiver room in the NFL with – Chris Godwin, Mike Evans. They got my boy, former Falcons legend, Russell Gage. I don't know how, unless they run four receiver sets, but I don't think that's sustainable in the NFL these days, especially not with what they're going to trot out at quarterback, which we'll get into that later. Um yeah, uh, wide receiver four three speed. Um, I'm very excited to see what he can do in the NFL. Uh, and with their last pick, round six, pick one ninety six, they took outside linebacker Jose Ramirez from Eastern Michigan, who also Ty Bowles was excited about getting too. So maybe he knows something I don't with these players. Um, maybe they fit his scheme. Uh, you know, a lot of players that got tools in the two box. Uh, and you know, we'll see. We'll see. Um. Some of the notable things I want to talk about with the Bucks. The things that can hold them back. We're going to start with quarterback first, right away. I know a lot of people are saying that this is going to be a quarterback battle in camp. And truthfully, it, it could be. But in my gut, in my, my heart of heart, in my gut, if I was to call it, this is not a battle. This is Baker Mayfield's job. I know you didn't get him for much in free agency, but he was the number one overall pick for a reason. You cannot tell me that Cal Trask, who couldn't even beat out Blaine Gabbert last year as the backup, is going to beat out Baker Mayfield. They thought so little of Cal Trash in the last game of the season against my Atlanta Falcons with nothing to play for because they already wrapped up the division. They trotted out Blaine Gabbert and after pulling Tom Brady after the, you know, I think they pulled him in the first quarter, first or second quarter. And they played Blaine Gabbert for the majority of the game. And they put, they only put Cal Trask in for like, I think like five minutes left in the game. If they had more faith in him, they would have played him. You would think they would want to see more out of him because he was a second-round pick. 
you don't want to waste those. You, you know, if they thought much of that much of Cal Trask from what they seen in practice, if they saw enough in practice, they saw enough in the in the quarterbacks room and and, and the meetings and you know film study. If they saw enough, they would have put him out there, but they were uncomfortable, and they went with Blaine Gabbert. I don't think Kyle Trask is beating out Baker Mayfield. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I don't see it. Now, with Baker being a starter, things could go really high. Like that uh, Cleveland Browns playoff run where Baker was at his best, or can go low, low, low. And I'm talking... Carolina Baker Mayfield where they cut him after <laughs> after I what like five six games they cut him and they went with <laughs> Sam Darnold and then they went to PJ Walker and they stayed with PJ Walker for the remainder of the season um I'm hopeful that Baker can turn it around I'm not willing to bet money on it. I know I, I say it tongue-in-cheek, joking around that Baker Mayfield's going to win Comeback Player of the Year, which he has the talent to do so, but I'm not willing to put money on it. Uh, yeah. Uh, office and line, that's another area of concern to me. Um, they announced that they're moving – uh, all pro right tackle Tristan Wirfs to the left side to play left tackle. Um, I think he's talented enough to do it, but I don't like the replacement of him on the right side. Um, I believe is was it Luke Goddard? I don't like that. I don't like their their depth on the interior offensive line. I don't like it. Uh, I don't like that they didn't attack it as they. I I feel they should have in free agency and in the draft. Uh, Cody Mox is sure one of the spots. Um, also, they got Ryan Jansen. Uh, so he's looking like the left side of the. Office line is going to be their strength, and the right side is going to be held together by duct tape and glue. Um, but if they can get some solid production out of that, I, I feel like the Bucks could surprise some people, not a lot of people. Um, now, uh, let's get into some of their strengths. Uh, we Obviously, we have to start with their uh, – their wide receiver room, like I said, is probably one of the best wide receiver rooms in the NFL uh, with the three starters I named ahead of time or earlier. Um, I like what Trey Palmer can bring to this group. Um, they brought in a veteran, you know, David Moore, who a lot of people don't know. He's not a household name, but he was a serviceable player, role player in Seattle. He had a couple of big time catches. Uh, Russell Wilson raved about him. Um, so who knows? Maybe he can uh, have a career rejuvenation 
with the change of scenery there in Tampa Bay. Um, also, uh, another strength of theirs is their interior defensive line. How could it not be? You got Vita Vea. You got Greg Gaines, and you got Kalijah Kansi. What more could you want in off a defensive line? It don't get much better than that, folks. Uh, I mean, those two, the last two I just named, they're not like stars yet, but they're better than average role players, especially Greg Gaines. Uh, there were times where they were doubling Aaron Donald last year, and Greg Gaines was the one to make plays. Uh, now, no way am I, no way am I <laughs> comparing Vita Vea to arguably the greatest defensive tackle of all time. But Vita Vea ain't no scrub. He's an all-pro. He's a pro bowler. He's good. And I feel like he's going to make Greg Gaines' life, life and, and Kalaji Kansi's life and Yaya Diaby. All, all, anyone who's rushing the passer, Vita Vea and Greg Gaines are going to make their lives easier. Um, secondary. Um, I think retaining Jamil Dean was huge. It's a big key. Um, keeping him around, uh, providing some, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Continuity in that secondary. Um, I, I think it's a big deal. Uh, bringing in Ryan Neal, uh, he has the opportunity to be a star in this defense. Uh, pairing him with Winfield, uh, it could be low key one of the best safety tandems in the league. Um, if they stay healthy and if, if they perform the way I know that they can perform, I feel like it could be a top 10 safety tandem in the league. Um, so let's let's get into some predictions. Best case scenario, if everything breaks for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, everything goes their way. Baker plays lights out. This is a team that can win anywhere in the ballpark of eight to ten wins. That's best case scenario. And I'm not willing to go high. I know some books fans are probably upset about it, but I'm not so sure with Baker yet. I, I can't. There's not enough around him to make me go, yes, they can win in spite of Baker. Now, if he is on his game and he he can do things from things he showed us from that playoff run and in Cleveland, if he can do that. Yeah, uh, this could be a team that could flirt with the wild card spot, especially if the defense stays healthy. Um, and if they run the offense the way <laughs> Pete Carroll has ran the offense or tried to run the offense in Seattle, you know, before the let Russ cook thing. Um, I, I think Rashad White in this offense can uh, put up big numbers. Uh, and both the, uh, the the on the ground and in the air, uh, I feel like he he's a very capable receiver out of the backfield. I know he hasn't had a lot of opportunities to show it yet, but he's gonna be he's gonna be good. Trust me. 
Now, worst case scenario, if nothing goes right, Baker stinks, contrast stinks, injuries all over the defensive line, offensive line is playing like hot garbage. This is a team that could be in the Caleb Williams, Drake May sweepstakes. And depending on what side of the fence you're on, whether you want that to happen or not, that's up to you. But this is a team who, while they made some significant signings and draft picks in this offseason, it's not enough to say that there's no way they're going to be picking in the top five because it's very possible. Um, Some would argue the best case scenario is this happening so they can get on a a rookie contract and just build the team around that rookie quarterback, a la Cincinnati, a la Buffalo, a la Kansas City, a la the Chargers, a la (laughs) Philadelphia Eagles. Um, getting that rookie contract, especially at the quarterback position, is probably the most valuable asset a team could have. So uh, I don't want to say that they're going to tank. I don't believe any NFL team will tank. Um, But maybe they won't be good enough to get a lot of wins, and that's okay. That's all right. Uh, I would say so – that's best case scenario, worst case scenario. I think realistically, this is a team that could win. That I, If I'm going to put a bet on it, this is a team that can win anywhere between five to eight games. That's that's the baseline. I don't, I don't see them winning eight games. I don't see them winning nine games. But I also don't see them sucking bad enough to, <laughs> to get <laughs> – uh, Drake May or Caleb Williams. I I feel like that that's going to be – God, I don't want to say Arizona either, but who knows at this point. Um, yeah, I don't think they're going to be bad enough to get one of those players. Um, so there's that. Um, I, don't, I don't see it. But then again, like I said previously – uh, this is a draft that has, I counted, at least seven first-round quarterbacks. So maybe they don't need to be in the top top three, top four to get a franchise quarterback. Michael Penix is, should still be there. K.J. Jefferson. I, let me stop. I, I'm getting ahead of myself, folks. Uh, I'm very excited about college football. Uh, I, don't, I think that was apparent just now. Uh, we're not going to get into that. Uh, I think we're going to – this might be a good spot to put a pin in it, wrap it up. Um, I know some of you are looking forward to, uh, you know, the poor one out and the down bad award. We're not going to do that right now. Uh, I, I, I will feel incomplete. I will feel wrong if I did that without my brother on the other end to give his thoughts. So we're going to save those for when TJ is healthy enough because, he, he, like I said, he's a little under the weather now. I should give him the down bad award, but uh, uh, yeah, we're waiting for him to get better. We're sending him well wishes. Uh, so uh, I'd like to thank y'all for rocking with me, staying with me, uh, 
that was my Tampa Bay 2023 season outlook. Um, yeah, best case scenario, nine to ten wins. Worst case scenario, picking in the top five baseline, five to eight wins, folks. That's the way I see it. I could be wrong. If you got thoughts, hit me up on Twitter, Kings of the South Pod. Hit me up on uh, Instagram. Hit us up on uh, – we have a TikTok now, folks. We're growing. We're expanding. We want you to be along with us. Um, Speaking of expanding, speaking of, something cool happened about a week or two ago. Uh, Our podcast was shown on an episode of Chris Sam's Unbuttoned. Uh, It happened. uh, If you don't know, Chris Sam's Unbuttoned is a very popular uh, football podcast. Hosted by Chris Sims, seen on Peacock, YouTube, wherever you want to get your podcast from. Um, and every Monday and every Wednesday, they have like a, a little mailbag uh, situation that happens on Twitter. If you got a question about the previous episode, you, you add them on Twitter. You type a question up, and if they'll select your question, you'll be put, you'll be shown the question and your tag will be shown on the show. So I wrote a question about Desmond Ritter, uh, and they selected it. And our podcast, our little old podcast, folks, was seen on Peacock and YouTube, you know, under under the big lights. And I, I know some people may think it's not a big deal, but it was a big deal to me, big deal to TJ. We appreciate everyone involved with the that with the Chris Sims podcast. Um that's that's major to us, man. Anytime we can get any type of exposure to grow the brand and th- stuff like that, it's it's a big deal to us. Um, so we thank y'all, and uh, we want y'all to you know take the ride with us, man. We're 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 moving in the right direction, folks, uh, and we want y'all to be along for the ride. Um, we thank y'all. We love y'all. We appreciate all your support. Keep liking us on Twitter. Keep liking us on Instagram. Keep liking us on Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, uh, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, Google, all that. Keep liking, subscribing, folks, and uh, hit us up in the comments. You got any questions, hit us up, man. Hit us up in the email, too, man. I'm going to put the email down here. So, wait, wait, down there. I'm going to put the email down there. So, uh, yeah, just hit us up, man. Uh, Any questions, anything you want to talk about, anything you want us to talk about on the show, just let us know. We'll love to do that. We'd love to to be engaged and 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 just talk to y'all, hear from y'all, hear y'all thoughts, man. We appreciate y'all. As always, I'm your boy Corey, signing out, Kings of the Podcast. Peace. Mm-hmm.